it doesn't matter the amount, but does if, if it makes them uncomfortable, maybe yeah, that's some people's gifts. But then also I'm like, well, what about what are you doing to, that makes you uncomfortable? Because if you're a badass, like you have to do things that are uncomfortable, right? Like otherwise you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just doing this because I should. Welcome to your Badass Journey Podcast. This is Kareen Walsh, your business and life growth strategist, serial entrepreneur, transformational speaker, and author. Each week, I share my practices, tools, methods, and conversations with badasses I know will help you align what you love with what you do. I believe living a badass life means consistently willing to learn something new, put it into action, and periodically assess what you need to shine a light on to celebrate or let go in order to be the best version of yourself from this point forward. Life is too short for mediocre compromises. Let's help you make it a badass one. Welcome, everybody, to your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have Leslie Lee on the show. She's a master creator, RN, beauty guru, serial entrepreneur, and business owner. She's a diehard believer that everyone is unique. And with each uniqueness, we can make an impact on the world around us. What's fun about talking to what she considers an imperfect mom of four, a wife and a recovering control freak, is that we dialogue on the beauty business and what it actually takes to build a strong, credible, injectable aesthetic business in order to help patients really bring out their beauty from the inside into who they truly want to represent themselves as now. She's embarking on all sorts of new business ventures this year. And I had to have her on the show because, you know, the, the beauty field is an interesting one to me. There's so many ways to try anti aging and, you know, look younger and be better and feel better. And I personally definitely bought into certain campaigns, but truly try to find a way where my natural beauty shines and I'm just enhancing it along the way. And as she is putting together new methods of how to make women feel great, she has designed something called the Aesthetic Creator that I thought you guys would be interested in hearing about. So let's just jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy the conversation. It was really fun to dialogue with Leslie this way. And I hope um, you get something about figuring out ways to build a mission-based business, leveraging what you're passionate about. That's what today's conversation is all about. And as usual, if you have two minutes, please go ahead and share this episode with your network as you have your aha moments, takeaways, and, and or just pure joy in listening to our conversation. That's how we expand our reach and help those guests that come onto the show expand theirs. So hope you have an epic day and enjoy this episode. Welcome, Leslie. Welcome to Thank your you. Badass Journey. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. 
It's so great to have you on today because I love the uniqueness of your business. And what I would love first for you to share is how you got to this point of launching, you know, the aesthetic creator and yeah. basically sharing your journey to date with our listeners. Yeah. So my journey is kind of crazy actually, but I'll give you like a short little version. So when I was a senior in high school, I actually went to cosmetology school. And unbeknownst to me, I got pregnant as a senior in high school. So I graduated high school and then I graduated cosmetology school. So I graduated high school in May, graduated cosmetology school in July, and then had a baby in September. So it was like a crazy journey as far as my life. I have an 18-year-old now and I look at her and I think, oh my gosh, I could never imagine that for her. So I guess I didn't have an option out the gate. It was, I had to work to survive, to support her. And then my ex and I, we, so we ended up having two kids together. He left when I was six months pregnant with our second one for whatever circumstances. And so I was a single mom of two. So I was working my butt off, kind of working, you know, doing my oral surgery stuff, serving at night, still doing hair, just making ends meet. So that's kind of like, I just didn't have an option. It was just, you have to support your kids. I met my husband and then we got married a year and a half later. He's amazing. He was actually 19 when I met him. So I'm actually older than he is. So that's super awesome. Um, but then, so we had our first baby and she was eight weeks old. I decided to go quit my job, go back to nursing school and then graduated nursing school with a newborn. So. Interestingly enough, I knew going into school that I was gonna be a nurse injector. I wanted to inject, I wanted to do the Botox. I started out with lines and I was like, I hate those. So that's kind of what brought me into like where I'm at as far as the industry goes. And then as far as the launch goes, it's in the aesthetic world, you don't actually have to have any specific training. Like there's no you have to do this class, you have to do that class. And a lot of people don't know that in certain states, you actually don't even have to have a license to inject. As long as you have a medical director, you can get Botox and start injecting. And so I think it's interesting to me, like you see all of these crazy jobs. It's like, you don't know if they're licensed or not licensed and what you're actually getting into. And a lot of people don't even know what to ask or look for. So The reason for the launch is I always get asked, like, how do I get into aesthetics like properly? Right. And so that's kind of where my story started as far as where I'm at right now. And then just filling a need within the industry for sure. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. I remember when you told me that that it didn't require, you know, either certifications or validation that you actually know how to inject properly and, and not botch up someone's face or wherever the heck they're, they're yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like now it's used in so many different parts of the body. Um, but the fact that there's, there's that kind of almost, I don't want to say haphazard, but it felt that way when you told me that the first time I was like, oh my gosh, like that's a needle going very close to important parts of your face and, and it could just bot you up or, you know, oh. not knowing. So I love that you're trying to make sure to not only educate, but also in your business, disrupt a little bit of that haphazardness and create some certainty for folks that when they, when they come to uh, uh, someone who leverages your, your methods of training and, mm-hmm. and, and the service, that there's some certainty around the credentials. Oh. 
which is huge. That's yeah, huge. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I'm curious what got you, you know, obviously you went through cosmetology school and then, you know, you tried different careers. You know, what landed you in this space? Like, what do you enjoy most about, you know, injecting and, and being that go to person, you know, for your yeah. client? Gosh, that's a great question. So, a few things. So, I think I was like 26, maybe. And I started to get those, you know, lines on your forehead driving me crazy. So, actually, that was my first experience with Botox. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. And so I did that. And then, so fast forward, graduating with a newborn. And I remember looking in the mirror and literally crying to my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, I look so haggard. Like, I don't even look like a human, right? Like, I have four kids and I just am sucked dry, really. And I had already been injecting. And so I just went in and um, to one of my mentors and was like, you need to fix this. Like, and so we did a little filler and all of that. And I just remember like looking at myself in the mirror and feeling like, oh my gosh, okay, now I look like I'm rested. Now I look like I'm good. And it wasn't really about the filler, the Botox, whatever. It was more about just the confidence that I like could look in the mirror and be like, okay, yep, I don't feel tired. You know, like I feel tired physically, but like I don't look in the mirror and feel like, oh my gosh, you look tired. Because yeah. there's nothing worse than being a new mom or any woman or man. When someone walks up to you and be like, you look tired. Like, seriously? Yeah. So I just like, that was kind of my, my aha moment of just like, oh my gosh, like this is so crazy. And then just the conversations that I was having with my mentor throughout my process, right? Like I sit down in the chair and I'm talking with her and she's like, you're so beautiful. And you know, you have all of these things going on and, you know, just kind of talking through like my own personality traits regardless of what I was looking like at that time, right? So she was nurturing my soul mm -hmm. and my face, but really just, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So that's kind of, you know, like why I really was a believer in it was because I had my own personal experience with it. Yeah. And it sounds like it, it was a boost that you needed in, a, in an applicable way. You know, some, mm -hmm. some folks... Could assume that you know the the folks the the people who choose to go get these I call them boosters you know just because yeah. it's okay. like this mini boost of of maintaining uh, you know a way that mm -hmm. you want to feel about yourself it's almost like when you get a manicure or a pedicure and it's just this nice enhancement to how you're feeling and, and mm -hmm. especially as women it it gives us a confidence to show our more feminine side as well mm -hmm. you know and totally, it, totally. And we are running around ragged <laughs> and tired <laughs> at times totally. and if we're, not, yeah. <laughs> if we're not hydrating if we're not you know with the right nutrition but even just four kids i can't even imagine <laughs> running around four kids you know yeah. um and feeling great it it if that's the boost you know that that you need and I, and i like that you said that there's a nurturing part to it too you know so yeah. tell me a little bit about in your practice you know how you developed the skills of connection and you know what that means to your clients or or what you know your clients have said that have helped you evolve into now this entrepreneurial leader that you are today yeah gosh you know i think the biggest thing is whenever you're seeing anyone, whether it's in business or life, that judgmental piece that a lot of people carry, I've not ever had that. Mm -hmm. Like 
And I know it's like now just doing the self-work and all the self-development over the past few years, I know where it came from, but I didn't know for a long time. And I just remember, you know, like patients will sit in my chair and it's, you know, okay, what brings you in today? And, you know, it's maybe it's frown lines, maybe it's crow's feet, maybe it's their lips, what, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But I figured out that I like to make my conversations with people more uncomfortable than my injecting. Mm. So I always ask them like, what is your biggest passion? If money doesn't matter, what would you do? Kind of what's new in your life? What's going on in your life? So I ask like these harder questions and I just give them space to have have their place, right? They get 30 minutes with me, sometimes 45, but typically it's 30 minutes with me and I'm all theirs. And so I hear like any anything you can think of, anything, like I've literally heard it. And so you can't come from a place of judgment with that, right? So they're not only coming in because I make them look good. They're coming in because I love them where they are. And I think that that's super important in any career, but really in this industry is just everyone wants to be accepted for who they are and what they bring to the table. And I just allow them the space to share, you know, where they are at. Yeah, I think it's great. And I, you know, that that is something that is relevant in any business. Um, mm-hmm. where if you're trying to build up a, a client base that you want to be a return customer, right? getting to know them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Getting to know them is key in addition yeah. to the amazing stellar service that you offer. And I think a lot right. of a lot of folks forget about that human connection because they have you know, maybe some struggle in their own life that's distracting them, and all they they just want to get through the day so that totally. they can, you know, go deal with whatever's going on or avoid whatever's going on. Okay. One of one of the topics you and I like to discuss, you know, has been about boundary setting. Even you know, like when totally. the yeah. when the noise from the outside life, or or even just the challenges, right? Can come in, and I can only imagine being a, a teen mom, graduating high school, cosmetology, in a, an unfilling relationship. It sounds like since it ended, you know, a few years later, to yeah. then mustering up the energy to go find that next connection on a relational standpoint, have two more kids on top of that <laughs> while building your business. I mean, it's freaking awesome. It's so badass. Like just because. You are someone that walks the talk, you know, like as much as you create space for these other people, you're also, you know, creating that space of growth for yourself. So I'm curious when it comes to boundaries, right? Because I I know you've been asked this question and I get I get it asked all the time too. It's how do you create that integration of work and life? You know, I don't call it balance, as you know, because it's something that I believe balance requires a trade-off. And truly it should be about integration. What are the the key Things, if someone were to come to you and ask that question, you know, like, how do I create better boundaries in my life? Or how do I uh, make sure that certain stresses in one environment don't bleed into the next so I can have a higher level of fulfillment? Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you would say to that? Yeah. So I think like people in general, or at least women I know, are really good at setting boundaries within their work. So they can, they know their, their way they show up as themselves, their powerful selves, and they, they create these boundaries, right? And then when you get home, it's like, where are the boundaries? And I didn't, I mean, I'm just really getting into like these strong boundaries, right? And I think it's really important to kind of know 
what you want in life, right? Like we know with our kids, like we're doing movie nights and it's a non-negotiable, right? And they love it. And even if we're only watching 30 minutes to an hour of a movie, they know we're popping popcorn and we're watching movie. And it literally happens almost every night. Mm. Our kids love that. But that's a boundary for us to say, hey, this is what our family is doing. Right. And the same thing within like my husband and I, like we try to do date nights and we just try to make it, you know, that thing. But I would say like boundaries are hard because they're, they're different for everyone. And someone that has really great boundaries might offend me because I'm not used to those really good boundaries. Right. So what do you, how do you think? I mean, what do you do in your work life, you know, integration? I would say, you know, I'm definitely not a a hyper master at it, but I'm also very fortunate that I have the flexibility that I've built into my life to be able to integrate my work and life. I can turn it on my work on and off at any time based on my schedule. So to me, it comes down to my schedule. It comes down to making sure that also my time with my husband and, you know, family time outside of outside of ours is scheduled also. Because I literally have told people if it's not my schedule, I I will forget it and I won't I won't do it or I won't know that uh, it's almost like the priorities end up there. When it comes right. to my behaviors, it's really hard now, I'd say, or challenging for entrepreneurs like myself where my business is on my phone a lot of the times. And so yeah. what I had to learn was leveraging airplane mode and literally <laughs> like put my phone in airplane mode even when I'm not on an airplane. Right. So that yeah. I don't I get disturbed. That. Yeah, I just don't get disturbed during those times because business needs to happen during business hours. And I would say my generous heart wants to respond immediately when I mm-hmm. see something, but I have to be very diligent to really just ask myself, is this the right time? You know, is this where yeah. my focus should be? And kind of leverage the schedule as I can when it when it comes to an emotional boundary. So I'd say that's that is probably where it's the most flexible. (laughs) It has to be (laughs) right. I think it's easy to it's for some people. It's actually not that easy to set up boundaries in a workplace, depending on what the demands are. You know, like it depends on the work, right? And mm-hmm. I definitely had my years where I was taken advantage of in my my workspace for for being on call like twenty four seven, which was ridiculous. Wow. Like I don't think anybody should be on call for twenty four seven. Like no, you're, never. no, no, not a good idea, <laughs> right? Like no. you're just not productive in those no. final hours, right? And then, um, and then it started to affect my health, and it started to really make me do poor poor choices, you know, and, and poor execution. So I, I would say, as opposed to, you know, badass work, it was half-ass work, you know, like right. in yeah. those moments, yeah. right? Totally. Yeah. So yeah. as much as it's... Like, mm-hmm. Did you feel like you get like a little bit resentful in those situations? Because I know like for me, when I was like, so for instance, like I shut my ringer off right at night, but there was a time when I didn't do that. And I would have a patient text me at nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night. And then right away when I was first practicing, I would respond. Right. And then therefore I set the tone. You can text me whenever you want to, and I'm going to respond, right? We had this conversation not too long ago. And so finally I was like, okay, nope, I can't do that. So I you know, stopped res- you know, responding, but I felt like there was a part of me that was almost like resentful because I wasn't setting the boundaries. And I was like, huh. Who do you think you are to text me at that time? Yet I was still responding. So it was like, right. 
I kind of did it to myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. You you enable the behavior. Boundaries are all about, you have to communicate them, right? So for you to say, you can text me when you need to, but my office hours are X. These are the times I will respond, right? Like like for my elite one-on-one coaching clients, they have access to my private email and they can text me. And if I am available in that moment, I will let them know. But generally my phone is in silent mode from in airplane mode from 10 p.m. until you know about 8 9 a.m. in the morning until I'm ready to respond and and right. and honestly no matter how critical the issue might be I personally am not someone that that has to administer care to save a life right oh, yeah. <laughs> right so I mean for for the for time to pass a little bit in those yes. acute problems yeah is generally acceptable Right, yeah. like it, it's just, and it actually gives the person on the other end some breathing room, also to think about totally. what their urgency is too. Yes. So, but, but you have to communicate it. You know, if I right. were to give anybody advice on boundary setting, is first determine what the boundary is, and then communicate it so that the, that resentment doesn't show up because you you stated it from the mm-hmm. beginning. And if you give yourself permission to pivot, which I give to people all the time, all the it's time. Just, <laughs> to communicate the change, you right? Know? Yeah. Um, so it makes a big difference there. Yeah. Too. yeah. But it's, you know, it's interesting, especially because you, you two are an entrepreneurial household, like, like my husband and I are, and mm-hmm. sometimes the work does take over. So it's also between those intimate relationships. It's important to say, this is when we come together. This is, you know, this is yeah. how we excuse ourselves. If, if a business idea or business meeting trumps something we already scheduled. Again, it comes back to the schedule, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And communicating the schedule too. Any expectations to them is super important. Yeah. Especially, you know, two of you managing four kids. And I love that you create a routine at home that also creates a connection and consistency. Mm Because I think that's super important when you're raising a family uh, to, for them to see what that discipline looks like, because it right. goes into the work life too when they're when they go out into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that totally. So tell me a little bit about the box you're creating, and you know how you're going forward with, you know, I think you call it aesthetic box. Is that right? Yep, yep. aesthetic box. Yeah. So the overlying business is aesthetic creator. But so we have a couple of training courses in that, and, but we created a box. So basically the box is anything that an injector would need to start out. So anything that they, everything that I wish I had starting out injecting is what I put in that box basically. And so obviously it doesn't have like the Botox and the fillers because that you have to get through, you know, medical director, but anything that you would want or need is in that box. You literally could get it at your doorstep and start injecting with it. But we created the box. So we have that box. And then whenever somebody purchases that box, then we actually donate a box. Mm. Um, So to a battered women's shelter or to a human trafficking organization. And so I just, I'm all about for purpose. And so the business model that we wanted to create was something that was for purpose. So if you buy a box, we donate a box. And we have actually gone as far as if you have somewhere that you know needs that, like let's say you know there's a better women's shelter in your area, we'll actually donate the box to that women's shelter. And then, yeah, so I think it's super cool. And then each one of us on our team is going to share our personal story. 
And so it'll be a hopeful box and basically kind of like our story of hope. I come from a long line of domestic violence, you know, not necessarily myself, but just family members. And so it's always been something that's been dear to my heart. And so it's just something that I feel like I can just give back that way. And, and I think that when you're in those situations, you want something to give you hope or to make you feel like a little bit better. So we're going to do like little things like maybe a little nail polish and some facial wipes and just a few like little things that could just help give them a little bit of hope. And then our specific stories of what we've gone through within our lives. And then if that person that um, purchases the box has a story that they want to share, they don't have to put their name on it, but they could share it and we would put that in the box when it's donated. So we're super, like, super excited. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. It's like a hopeful box, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's... And that's so cool that that it has that give back because there's so many people who um, I think I was I think I was reading like when when you know around the holidays people tend to donate in drones yeah. because mm-hmm. then that's when they're thinking about it. It's like when you're thinking about the most connected time that you cherish, you start to think, well, how can I help someone else that doesn't have it? And I love that your business will have this undertone to it of consistent. Uh, giving, but I believe mm-hmm. what they said, like the number undergarments were like the number one <laughs> thing that needed to be donated mm-hmm. because it's the hardest thing. And socks, like typical, yeah. you know, just everyday use yes. products are so key. And uh, so I can I can imagine how uh, uplifting the mm-hmm. hopeful box will be to yeah. a woman who would receive it in in such a circumstance, you know, where they are feeling less than on the inside. They're going through their healing process, but then. Yeah. They get this awesome boost of someone, someone's hoping for them right, yeah. uh, that there, there is a better story on the other side of the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. because I think sometimes in those situations, you don't have anything but hope. That's like yeah. literally all you have. Yeah. And so, yeah. So we're super, super excited about that portion of our business. And yeah, super excited. I think it's, it's a really great way to give back. Yeah. And I think it's easy like at the end of the year too, to like, think about tax write-offs and we're going to do this and we're going to do that, right? Like it's the end of the year, we're going to give at Christmas and then now we need to give because we get that tax write-off. And, you know, I think one of your you know questions is basically being a badass. And as I thought about that and reflected on it, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, anyone can write a checkout, right? Like it doesn't matter the amount, but does if, if it makes them uncomfortable, maybe, yeah, that's some people's gifts. But then also I'm like, well, what about, what are you doing to, that makes you uncomfortable? Because if you're a badass, like you have to do things that are uncomfortable, right? Like, otherwise you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm just doing this because I should, right? Mm -hmm. It's more about like doing it because it makes me feel good, but then I'm also impacting and I'm also leaving a legacy for my kids. I want them to know like, like you're going to be darn straight. Those kids are helping pack those boxes for sure. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's also teaching them, you know, to give back as well. You know, we volunteer at like a local food shelter where we, you know, give meals and all of those things. And so I just, I think it's so important because we're so blessed with the life that we have. Yeah. And finding ways to to have impact and contribution and and also showing the next generation the importance of it, I think is is super Mm -hmm. cool. I I want, I want clarity though on, on how you define what a badass is. (laughs) More clarity on that definition. Gosh, so define what a badass is, man. That's that's such a great question. I actually thought about it. Like, 
for a long time. Yeah. Um, I really do think like just kind of stepping out of your comfort zone, which mm-hmm. I'm not always good at. It depends on what it is. Um, but I've like, I owned a boutique. I still actually do owned a boutique and have my own salon and, you know, like all of these things. And for me, what defines a badass is once you get settled and you're comfortable, you pivot mm-hmm. because otherwise you're just stuck in the same routine. I think you see that all the time. People are just like, Oh my gosh, I don't like my job or Oh my gosh, I don't like this. Okay. That's fine. Then change it. Yeah. Do something else. If you really want to be a badass, then you're doing things that make you uncomfortable push the needle forward and are doing things for humanity to make them better versus just sitting back and being like, well, I don't like that. Okay. Well, so I don't, I don't have a lot of compassion (laughs) on, on the complaining side of it because of my story. I didn't really get to have that. My mom never let me complain about it. She was like, no, you're doing this. You're doing this and good and bad. But so it's harder for me to sit and have compassion to someone who's complaining about their life all the time. And I just want to be like, okay, that's fine. But you need to change what you're doing then. Yeah, there's a choice. It's not, so, a, it's not a dilemma. I think being a badass is a choice. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with circumstances. It's all about choosing because we've all had unfortunate circumstances in our lives. And what are you choosing to do afterwards? So I think for sure, definition of a badass is getting comfortable and then getting uncomfortable immediately. (laughs) I love it. It's almost, as you were talking, it's like living in the stretch zone, you know, because you can have your comfort zone and that's very safe. You know it well, you come back to it with ease. And then there's the stretch zone, which is like constantly kind of toggling in between, like what's comfortable, what's uncomfortable, but you're, mm-hmm. you're almost expanding your comfort zone when you continue totally. to stretch. The goal mm-hmm. is not to get into what I call panic zone, no, where, no, you no, shut no. Down, where you <laughs> shut down completely. But I love that that's how you define you know, the, the, the badass energy because it is, it is, it's constantly like checking in with yourself and what's next and, and how do I, how do I go after that next creative desire I have and totally. put it into action? And so I think yeah. that's, yeah. that's really great. And I think too, just being content in the process, that is like something that's huge. Like I could, I told my husband, we were talking not too long. I'm like, I've not ever had a job or worked in a place that I didn't like. If I didn't like, I just would change it. And so it's finding that contentment. And there might've been things about the job that I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I love this. But it was like, okay, well, this is what it is. And I'm going to enjoy where I'm at right now. And I think that that's a hard thing to do is just being content where you are. And so I always tell my kids, I'm like, I was content doing, you know, working in oral surgery. I was content, you know, being a server. I was, and you just like, it, it was what it was. And so I think that contentment piece is really big because you can be uncomfortable and you can be comfortable and you can be totally not content. And that's a crappy place to be. Yeah. And that's when a change definitely needs to happen because that's, you know, sometimes people need to feel a pain in order to change something. And and sometimes um, being too content and not facing the pain is another yeah. reason why you don't yeah, go after that balance or, you know, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's an awareness. It's an awareness. And then, mm-hmm. and then it's a choice. And so mm-hmm. I love that you're, you're consistently stretching yourself and also trying to disrupt the market. But in, in the same zone, you're contributing, which is great because mm-hmm. it seems like your growth path has taken you to a place that has an integrated fulfillment as I'll call as I call it where there's 
you as you stand in the systems that you work within Mm -hmm. and how to show up as your best in all of them. So the best mom you can be, the best wife you can be, the best entrepreneur you can be, the best practitioner, right? Like we're always just trying to push for that. And best in my definition is most fulfilled. Right. Yes, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not in comparison to what other people's definition mm-hmm. of best is. Mm-hmm. It's about the highest level of fulfillment for yourself. And so I love that you've been on that journey and that you're sharing it with me and my listeners. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> as, we, um, as we close out today, I would love for you to let folks know how best to connect with you, You know where, where you want them to find you or message you? Because I'm sure as questions come up, especially those who are in your field that want better methods on, mm, on yeah. and maybe take advantage of the boxes that you're about to put out, how would you like them to find you? Yeah. So our website is aestheticcreator.com. You can find us on Instagram at The Aesthetic Creator and the same actually on Facebook, The Aesthetic Creator. Awesome. So as you guys listening, if you have any questions for Leslie, definitely reach out because she is, she is all heart and she will show up for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just want to thank you for all your time today and sharing uh, this piece of you and especially just in flow of conversation. I love our conversation. So I'm I'm really excited to share this with everybody. And again, thanks for sharing your badass journey. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.